Good day to everyone. This is Rick from the EMS Advocate. Today I want to talk about kind of changing the culture, changing the public thought process of what EMS is. I'm sure if you've been a provider more than a couple of days, people have asked you, what do you do at work? Or what's the difference between an EMT? What's the difference between a firefighter and an EMT and a paramedic? And what's a fire medic? And all these multiple nomenclatures that we have throughout the industry, depending where you work, you know, is there a difference? I, you know, I get questions all the time of, oh, you're a volunteer firefighter as well. Um, is that different than being a real EMT? And so, you know, there's some, some unknowns there. And I think that's important to clarify. And I think some of this came from ourselves as the industry grew we just kind of assumed that people would understand what we did and understand how we do it and the educational process to get to where we want to be. Um, I think a lot of that could be taken on immediately. And I, and I think sometimes it's just easier to say, oh, are you like an EMT? Uh, well, yeah. Well, then they go, oh, I guess he's an EMT. And sometimes I know we're just busy and we don't want to talk about it and we, it'll take longer to explain it than it will just to say I'm, I'm kind of like an EMT. But think of it if we start telling people more about what the differences are between an EMR and an EMT and an advanced and a paramedic. Now we know, we've done podcasts about it and we understand the differences in the educational standards, but the public does not. And so much of this is coming to light with COVID that we want to, you know, we've talked about, you know, advocating for the profession by talking to elected officials and things like that. And that is very important. Now think about the Department of Labor and the NAEMT, um, or excuse me, the NAMT is working with multiple groups to better define through the Department of Labor, uh, Bureau of Statistics of what we're classified as, you know, what is an EMT? What is a paramedic? And getting good numbers on how many are really in the United States. So, you know, that's one front that we need to work on. Well, then there's the local, maybe wherever you live. I live in a county that has 350,000 people. And, you know, we surge kind of almost 50 to 100,000 people more during the day due to having a military base and a lot of industrial um, Department of Defense contractors. So we have a large metropolitan area, Huntsville, Alabama. Uh, We have a smaller uh, city, Madison, the city of Madison. And then we have unincorporated county with uh, an assorted uh, few small jurisdictions within the county. So in the county, we have volunteer fire and in the cities we have paid fire and paid um, services. So it's interesting that even in this county where it's very metropolitan and very populous, that we still have kind of that hybrid of volunteer and paid. But I think it's important that, you know, I can't tell you how many people either one, don't know the services in their area, just assume that they're coming, or say you're in the market to buy a new house, you need to ask those questions. Not that it's good or bad, it's just understanding those services. Um, Are you gonna get a bill if the ambulance comes and gets you? Um, In 98% of the country, that's true. There are some uh, jurisdictions that are uh, by gratis or by, by donation, but as a whole, uh, very, very low amount of those. But I think it's important to talk to people about what we do, how we do it. And some of this is public education. 
you know, calling 911 for these reasons, not calling for those reasons. Um, England has a great uh, public campaign where they have a picture of a taxi and they have a picture of a ambulance and, you know, use this for that, use this for life threats. And now it's one thing to say, well, you know, yeah, we put up some posters. They do this throughout the entire country. The radio campaign ads, commercials, social media, you know, very good at getting that word out. And I think that's part of the EMS kind of mythical problems, or we have problems that are almost mythical because we don't tell everybody what we do. And part of it is the history, I think. So EMS is still a relatively new profession. You know, we're 50 years or less. Um, some parts of the country, you know, even younger than that, where if you look at fire or law enforcement, you know, we have over 100 years of reliable data of, you know, fires and EMS or excuse me, fires and um, statistics. And on the police side, you have, you know, different types of trends from around the world of policing. So with EMS, again, relatively new, we have to start explaining better of what we do and how we do it. And this really incorporates the loan provider at the base level when they're out at church or they're out at the ball game or they're, you know, at their kids play at school and the conversation always comes up and says, "Hey, well what do you do?" "Oh, well, I'm a paramedic." "Oh, is that like an EMT?" Well, it's actually a step above an EMT and, you know, maybe go a little bit deeper, not in a derogatory manner, but well, you know, I was an EMT, then I moved up to it being a paramedic, but I can do this, this, and this. And you don't have to get gory or nothing very medical, but, you know, I, I can start IVs, I can give medications, you know, I can, can help help control people's breathing if they need it. And, 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 and they might say, oh, an EMT can't do that? No, EMTs do, can do this, this, and this. But I think that starts the, you know, the process. So then when we speak to elected officials, and you come up with these different, you know, funding needs. Hey, I need a new monitor. I need 10 new monitors. I need, you know, this and that. Well, you get fire tax, you know, doesn't that volunteer fire department get enough money every year? And so you, you may have to have those conversations. So, you know, in encouraging that conversation, I think is extremely important with that elected official. Now we know when we speak to elected officials that, one, they're very busy. They have lots of things going on. And again, sometimes you won't, as we discussed in earlier episodes, that sometimes you won't actually get the elected official themselves, but you may get, um, you know, a staff member. And, you know, I met with one in D.C. where I did not speak to the elected official. I spoke to a staff member who happened to be a volunteer fireman in his district as well. So obviously we were able to speak the same language. But when we're speaking to these elected officials or their staff members, we have to keep things very generic and very, very transparent for them to understand. So we don't want to use these big words unless we tell them what they are. And that doesn't mean that they're dumbing it down. It's just that when they speak to other people and they go, oh, yeah, you know, I had the paramedic come and talk to me about the reason he needs this money is because this monitor does this. Or, you know, we need to clearly define how many paramedics, how many EMTs, how many EMRs there are in the country because this county says they have a paramedic shortage. So, you know, we need to be very clear on what we're saying and how we're saying it and what's going on 
But, you know, just think if if these elected officials in most cases, you know, have these controls over the economic uh, you know, budgets, that if they understood more, I think that we would be a little bit better off. And again, there is a few states out there that are pushing for EMS to be an essential service, um, meaning that, you know, you're getting funding that is uh, earmarked out of a county budget, a city budget, a town budget that is earmarked, you know, presently in most places it's fire and police. Some places it's only police and then you have a volunteer fire. Um, so, you know, it just depends on your environment. But with these few states, like less than five in the nation, that are pushing for legislation to say that EMS is essential, you know, that's where it starts. But I think by putting it out there and explaining to people, say, you know, I had to go to school to be a paramedic. This is what I had to do. This is how long it is. Oh, you mean paramedics can deliver babies? Well, EMTs can too. But as a paramedic, I'm trained to do more of a neonatal resuscitation that that EMT may not have that those skills or knowledge of. And, you know, many people don't understand the extreme amounts of clinicals that a paramedic has to do. I mean, we're talking hundreds and hundreds of hours between the ER, the OR, the ambulance itself, you know, normally towards the end of your paramedic um, education, the NICU, the PICU, um, if you were lucky enough to get into those areas, uh, surgical ICUs, ICUs in general, um, we're talking hundreds of hours that are in these highly, highly specialized areas. And again, the paramedic is being exposed to that. And then, you know, he might only deliver a baby, you know, once or twice in a career and, but he needs those skills. And this also could come into play where maybe you've been a paramedic or an EMT for five, six years. Maybe you're at a slow agency. Your skills are not as sharp as they were when you got out of school because you just haven't done that you know those those skills lately this could help getting you back into a clinical setting where many hospitals are very leery of letting agencies send people into their ORs especially uh, due to liability because they're not students and they're licensed personnel so they're very leery of that where it's almost easier to get into a facility as a student than it is as a licensed personnel because you know now you're licensed and they worry about you know that from liability issue but today's talk was just to kind of kind of talk i think we need to talk more and yes this runs right along with advocacy in general but it's one of those things where we got to fill the void that people think they know what ems does not what we really do um you know and that is not even talking about the you know the the calls we shouldn't be going to but the calls we need to go to and people will go well I learned in my CPR class the you know the symptoms of chest pain. Well, absolutely, those are the reasons to call. But the EMT showed up and said he couldn't do this because the paramedic had to come. Well, they need to understand why the EMT can't do this and why the paramedic can and different levels because depending where you, you live, you may want to you know reach out to those services and see what you have in your area. Again, be the model for change. Do what you can for helping out, you know, those new guys coming up through, you know, new girls and guys that are coming up through. Don't don't make them out to be jaded. Don't say, well, you'll be out of this industry in five years. We need to be embracing those new people. And, you know, yes, orientation is important. Yes, uh, the knowledge passed through from the senior 
staff to the new guys is supremely important, but we can't send the jaded message. Uh, well, you're not salty anymore. Um, you know, and I don't really like that term because again, it automatically tells the public that we're burned out and it tells the public that we don't like our job and we're salty. There's people salty in every profession on the planet, but I think when it comes to public perception, we've got to change that perception. You know, it, it can come from your image. You show up at three in the morning and you look like you just woke up. Well, yeah, you did just wake up, but your shirt needs to be tucked in. Your boots need to be tied or zipped. You know, you're, uh, you know, you should look like you care about your job. And that is a public image problem that I think needs to be worked on as well. Again, hope you guys have a safe day. Uh, DM me or message me on Instagram or um, through this app. And I'll gladly get back to you with any questions. If you want to be a guest lecturer, if you have somebody that we'd like to reach out to, let us know and we'll, and we'll see what we can do. Again, have a safe day.